everyone. Today's scripture reading is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he shall also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from, from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us do good to everyone, especially those in the household of faith. How are you doing this morning, church? I'm pretty good as well. But, church, I think we have a potluck problem. And no, this is not a pre-sermon announcement that help is needed in the back because someone dropped a turkey. But I think the church as a whole we have a potluck problem. In case you did not know, after worship this morning, we are hosting our annual Thanksgiving potluck lunch, which I am very excited for, and we would greatly appreciate if you would stay afterwards and share a meal with us as brothers and sisters in Christ. But as Christians, have we begun to treat our faith with a potluck approach? Here's the potluck problem I think we're seeing right now that many Christians are seeing right now, and it goes back to the individualistic culture that we talked about last week. I think some Christians have grown a little too comfortable just showing up for the meal. Not really interested or motivated to be a part of what God is doing through the church in the lives of those people on a daily basis just interested in the big event, in the potluck. Maybe it's I'm interested when I think I need it. Or maybe it's I'm interested in picking and choosing what I get out of my relationship with God. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't really want any of that. I'm not even sure what that is. I can't believe that she's still bringing that. We're picking and choosing what we want from God, one spoonful at a time. Another side to the potluck problem is that Christians can be so picky about what they're getting from the potluck, so picky about what they're getting from God, when in reality they didn't even bring anything. On a completely unrelated note, if you're here with us this morning and you did not bring anything, please join us afterwards. You are more than welcome. Because especially when we show up empty-handed, he still invites us to the table. But on a, spiritual, on a spiritual note, have Christians grown a little too comfortable with what we get out of our relationship with God? What we get. What we get. Have we become so quick that we fail our own plate, so to speak, and maybe we're not too concerned with what we're leaving behind for the other people with us in line. 
this is another way that the individualistic mindset seeps in to the church that's so prevalent in our culture right now. When the first thing that matters is self, I am what's most important. And when I am what's most important, then I'm going to take what I think I need. Nothing more and nothing less. But the church is not about self, is it, church? Last week, I posed the idea for us that faith is not just about you and God. It involves us and God, the church. It's easy for us to become me-focused, because as life changes, as, as life happens to us, our first instinct can be to protect ourselves. But following Jesus is not about following self. Following Jesus is about following Jesus. Carrying our cross, denying ourselves, losing our life, giving up ourselves in order that we can know God. When we read the Bible, we might have a tendency to try and read it in our context. Like, what does this verse have to say to me? Or maybe we come to worship and think, man, I really needed to hear that song. Or, man, I'm so glad that he said that in his prayer. Yes, we do get things out of our relationship with God. But like, like we talked about last week, our faith isn't about us. Faith isn't about me. It's about we, as we try to know God as one. Our relationship with God was never intended to just be about you. God always intended to rescue his relationship with his people, all of us. The church is an avenue that we have that God has established for his people his we to come and to see him and to know him in the lives of one another. And throughout the rest of the year, in our sermons, we're hoping to reprioritize how we think about our faith in light of our relationships with each other. We're trying to reemphasize the role of community, also trying to think about our faith, the things that we do in our lives from the perspectives of one another. What does my church family need from me? is what we could be asking. What can I give to God? How can I make myself a living sacrifice? Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. We're just read uh, for us a moment ago. We'll be here at the beginning of the chapter this morning to see some of the things that we should expect to receive from Christian community. What I hope we see this morning is that some of the blessings we get from existing in a church, from having brothers and sisters in Christ, by focusing on we and not just me. Because there are immense blessings that come from the church community. Last week we talked about how you can't do this life alone. We need each other to follow God, but there's more to it. There's more to it than that. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 6, starting in verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We'll continue reading here in chapter 6 in just a moment, but I want to pause as we read and try to highlight a couple things for us. At the end of Galatians, which... uh, 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 This is where this reading is. At the end of of the book of Galatians, Paul is writing to describe what the Spirit-filled community looks like. What it should 
look like. Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit and who are gathering together. He actually contrasts the Spirit-filled community with the worldly community. And he says, here's how these, here's how these two things are very different. And what Paul is showing is that one of the most important things that you get when you give your life to Christ is that in addition to having your sins forgiven, having your soul cleansed as white as snow, you also receive the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work within you. Your body that is now cleansed from impurity becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. God is able to be with us almost as intended. One day soon when Jesus returns, that relationship, the presence of God within us is going to be realized in full when we are in heaven together with our Creator. But right now, we actually have a partial experience of this relationship through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Through the ongoing restoration that's happening in our lives if we're believers. Another side to this great news is that once you've been filled with the Spirit, you are now a part of a larger Holy Spirit community, which is the church, a collection of God's people. Being a Christian comes with benefits. Did you know that? It's probably the biggest understatement I've ever made. But being a follower of Christ brings good things to your life. And right here in Galatians 6, Paul introduces just two of the, re- of the relational benefits that we get from joining this group. The first one is he mentions that we get accountability. When we find ourselves weighed down by our own shortcomings, we have this great cloud of witnesses that we talk about so many times who are in our corner, who are rooting for us, who are holding us accountable, who are encouraging us to press on, helping us stay on the right path with a spirit of gentleness. Sometimes I think this is an aspect of Christianity that we often overlook, just to be frank with you. The second thing that Paul mentions that we get from our relationship with with God is that we get to be in this Holy Spirit community, and we have people who are going to bear our burdens. Isn't that great? not just do we have assistance and correction and accountability when we fall short, but we also have this network of people who are living in the same frustrating world that we live in. And when the world hurts us and when our lives become too much, we have these people who are going to be here with us, our brothers and sisters, to help us carry our load. Last week we talked a little bit about this. Even the Apostle Paul was not alone in his journeys where he was, he was working for the church. He had people assisting him, encouraging him along the way. And if you are a Christian, this was the message last week, you're not alone. That we can't, we can't pretend like we are, like it's me against the world. Being a Christian, he says right here, means we have accountability. We have people to bear our burdens with us. How exciting, right? Let's hold on to these two these two ideas, because we'll come back to them in just a minute. Well, let's keep reading in Galatians 6, verse 3. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let, let each one of you test his own work, and then his reason, reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. These two readings come 
back-to-back, they're in the same thought, but they kind of sound like a contradiction. In verses 1 and 2, it's, hey, if you're a Christian, you've got support, you've got help, lean on each other. In, a verse, in a verses 3 through 5, worry about yourself. You think you're something, you're not. You've got to carry your own load. It kind of seems like a disagreement here. In the first reading, Paul tells us what we, what we get out of being a part of this exclusive club, so to speak, this, this brotherhood and sisterhood of believers. But he also reminds us that being a part of this group, being a Christian, being a follower of Christ, comes with a responsibility as well. I want to try to reconcile this disagreement before the first reading and the second. Real quickly, if you could uh, just raise your hand if you are a part of some type of uh, 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 rewards program. Maybe you get Kohl's cash or you're in the target circle or maybe right now as we speak you're just a couple stars away I'm your next Frappuccino. You can put your hands down. Um, if you had to take a guess for Maggie and I, where, where might you guess? We are, we are, yeah, didn't even have to finish the question. Uh, Chick-fil-A, if you thought Chick-fil-A, you'd be right. Um, we, we go to Chick-fil-A a lot. Uh, we're high up on the program. Um, but the way that these rewards programs often work, as I'm, I'm sure you know, the more that you frequent a business like a restaurant, the more free stuff that they can give you. Uh, 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 the better that relationship can get, right? You've seen the promotions. You buy six Irish Busters. You get the seventh one free. These types of programs reward you for sticking around, for a good relationship with, with you, and the, you and the company. This goes back to the, to the potluck problem that we considered earlier. I think there are a lot of well-meaning Christians who view the church this, this same way, like a rewards program. I've got negativity in my life. I've got these issues going on. I certainly don't like what's going on out there, and I definitely don't want to go down there, so I should probably get involved with a church. I'll become a Christian. And that's how a lot of people become a Christian, and there's nothing wrong with your path to Christianity, but if your view of the church stops there, I think we're missing out on what we can be getting from our relationship with God. I think one of the problems with this is that the church spends too much time talking about justification and not enough time talking about sanctification. Justification is what Jesus has done so that you can have a chance to know God. That's justification. Sanctification is what he's doing in our lives right now so that we can become more like God. Are we spending too much time wondering, am I going to heaven? Have I done the right things so that the end result is good for me? And are we maybe not spending enough time asking, what am I doing on this earth, right now in my community, to make it like the place I want to go one day. 
The church is not some type of rewards program where if you hang around long enough and you work the system just right, one day you'll be able to cash in all your points so your whole family can eat free. I do that at Chick-fil-A a lot. Church is not a rewards program. There are rewards. But the church is a Holy Spirit-filled community where people are gathering together to share meals, to share wisdom, to share our burdens, so that we can make this world as much like heaven as we possibly can. And guess what? That does not happen in your life when you try to do it by yourself. Restoration and transformation by the Holy Spirit do not happen in isolation. They happen in community. They happen when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Transformation happens when Christians bring themselves to the table, even when they're empty-handed, and they say, all right, God, what more can I give? It happens when we look at our brothers and sisters and we say, what more do you need? Now, don't get me wrong. Being a Christian does come with immense benefits, riches beyond imagination. But it also comes with a new purpose for our life. I love the way that Paul phrased it at the end of verse 5. We each have to bear our own load. So I want to think about those two benefits again that we looked at in verses 1 and 2. I want to think about those two benefits that you get from being a Christian. And let's think about them from the point of view of we and not me. Not what am I going to get out of the church, but what's the church going to get out of me? First, we get accountability. If any of your brothers and sisters are caught in a transgression and they find themselves in a rough season in life, and maybe it's their fault, it is your responsibility to hold them accountable, to give them encouragement, to bear your own load so that you can help them as well, to restore them in gentleness by the Spirit. We don't just get accountability, we get people to bury our burdens no, you get people whose burdens you get to carry. You aren't just asked to carry your own load, but you're also asked to carry the load of your brothers and sisters, too. I want to pause here for just a moment and take this idea a step further. Following the patterns of this world, we might hear something like this and think, how can I take care of others if I need to be taken care of? How can I fill someone else's cup if my cup is close to empty, individualism will tell us to follow our own pursuits. Do what you need to do to make yourself happy so that when you are filled, then you can turn and take care of the other people in your life. Airing, airing your load, like you mentioned in Galatians 6.5, does not mean worry about yourself. It, it's in line with what he said in verses 1 and 2. It's about worrying about others. Bearing your load means taking the things that you have that, is, that is going on in your life, your exhaustions, your frustrations, your burdens, and turning to your brothers and sisters and saying, what else do you need from me? 
Now hold on a second. If we just keep pouring from our cup, pouring and pouring and pouring, eventually won't that cup become empty? Won't it become dry? There are a few things I would say to that type of reaction. For one, we cannot forget that God has the power and the presence in our life to keep our cup full. We see that several times in Scripture. Trust that God will provide and keep on pouring. Keep on pouring into other people's lives. Also, if your cup does become empty, if you are pouring into the lives of other people around you and you do find yourself running on empty, maybe that's what you need to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness and to turn to God. An opportunity to return to the Lord and be filled. It's okay to be empty every once in a while. Emptying your cup for others might be just what you need. Lastly, if you empty your cup because you're doing things for your brothers and sisters and you hit a point where you can't pour anymore, what what a better place to find yourself empty than immersed in the Holy Spirit-filled community with people who can pour back into you, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because when we ignore our responsibility that we have to each other, that we have to our brothers and sisters, we're being irresponsible Christians. We're taking this great blessings, these great things that we get from our life, even our justification even our assurance and our hope in heaven, and we're taking it and hiding it and hoarding it from our brothers and sisters who need to see it. This final scripture I want to look at just briefly is from our reading last week, and we'll keep coming back to it in the coming weeks because it's a beautiful description of what our role in the church is. Back to Romans 12, starting in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually we're members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace that's given to us. Let us use them. The church is the body, which is made up of many members. And when we do not engage in the ongoing work of the church, when we do not engage in sanctification, we do not engage with the Holy Spirit community, it's not just us who are hurt. The whole body. Our role as a Christian being a part of this group does come with great benefits, but it comes with the responsibility to be a servant to others and be a servant to God. As a church, we've got to start re-emphasizing we over me. Re-remembering that the Bible's not about us. Re-remembering that our faith in God is not even about us, but it's about what we can do for God individually and for each other. I hope this picture is being painted well, that faith is not about me. Church, you have a responsibility to other Christians in this community, but unlike the burdens that we put on ourselves, 
the burden of servanthood, the burden of carrying your brothers and sisters' loads, the burden of Jesus, is light. And when our life is solely focused on us, and it's only focused on the burdens that we've placed on ourselves, that's when life becomes hard. Because we're the Savior. We're the ones who are going to take care of our life. When we have that self-centered mindset, that's when we feel like we can't take on anymore. I couldn't possibly do any more for my brothers and sisters. I couldn't possibly care about what's going on in their lives. As far as blessings go, we find insurmountable blessings in our relationship with Jesus, in our relationship with God, the forgiveness of sins, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. But this new path in our life that we get, where we're being sanctified as we walk towards Christ, walking with our brothers and sisters to Jesus, it's not just about us. It's about everybody. Now, justification is important. I don't want you to think I don't care about going to heaven. And I'm not even proposing that if you don't do the right things, if you don't work hard enough, if you neglect someone, then that heavenly blessing is gone for you. Absolutely not. Praise be to God for the grace that he has for us for all the things that we don't do. But once just justification has taken place in your life and you know that you're heaven bound, that's when the path of sanctification starts where you are growing closer to God with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you are not a Christian this morning, you are not justified and you have sin in your life that is separating you from God, you need Jesus. You need to be justified. The way of this world leads, leads to death. You need to know Jesus. And if you're ready to give your life to Christ, we'd love to help you do that. If you are a Christian and you've been neglecting your responsibility to the community, maybe you haven't really cared about sanctification because you're justified. It's okay. I invite you to reprioritize, to turn your eyes to Jesus and to elevate we over me. Because your brothers and sisters in Christ need you just like you need them. If you have any need, whether it's in person or it's on Facebook, I, I hope that you make it known. As a church, God is calling us all to put we over me. And if you need to respond for any reason, if your cup is empty and you, and you need it to be filled, all you have to do is ask. And that's not something that they can do for you. That's something you'll have to do on your own. And when you're willing to admit that your cup is empty, and when you're willing to admit that you need God, he will more than fill your cup. I promise. If there is any need at all this morning, I hope that you make it known as we stand and as we sing together.